now let's turn in the Old Testament to the Psalms, book of Psalms, Psalms 42 and 43. Psalms 42 and 43. So often when we look at a psalm, we look at two psalms at the same time. We're doing that today because these psalms really go together. They're like, I was going to say like they're like sisters, like twins. They may originally have been one psalm that got divided for some reason that we don't know. And I, and I think one of the ways we'll be able to see this, as, as we're reading through this, you'll notice a familiar refrain. It's a bit like a, like a song with a chorus. We, we, we've got the song of the psalm and then this chorus keeps coming up and it keeps coming up through Psalms 42 and 43. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and, and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazir. Deep calls to deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, a song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning and oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with a lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of God.
Friends, there's a Christian song you might remember from, uh, from years gone by that might seem very familiar in, in the light of these words that we've just read from Psalm 42. You, you, you'll probably know it. We could, we, could, we, could, we could probably sing it a cappella, perhaps. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire. I long to worship you. You alone are my strength and my shield. To you alone does my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship you. And, and, and the opening line of that song, as the deer pants for water, clearly the inspiration for that song came from Psalm 42. Except that it didn't. Well, at least not really. I mean, it shares some of the same opening words for sure, but, but they're like chalk and cheese as far as the two go for the rest of it. The song is happy and, and upbeat. It expresses a delight in God, a longing to worship God. And, and that's great. Nothing wrong with that at all. But, but if you assume that just because the opening words are the same, then, then you already know Psalms 42 and 43, then you'd be making a mistake this morning because we've got something quite different before us this morning. For these psalms, and this is the first thing we see this morning, these psalms picture God at a distance. You see, this psalm isn't describing someone who is traveling up on the heights in their spiritual journey with God. It's a psalm that almost describes the opposite. This is the psalm of the struggler. This is someone who is longing for God, that's what they are, but, but they don't feel his presence. Someone who isn't experiencing God's love, even though they really want to, and someone who doesn't want things to stay this way. They desire things to change, but how? That's what they're grappling with, not quite sure. We see this theme of God at a distance in a number of different ways. The, 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 the deer panting for, for, for water in verse 1 pictures an, an animal in times of drought. Not just longing for, for, for water like you or I might uh, on a hot afternoon, maybe, maybe Saturday afternoon, you go mow the lawns, work in the garden, you get home, you want a, you want a cold, cool beverage of your whatever you might desire. This deer is not just longing for water like this. This is an animal that's almost dead on its feet from thirst. And then there's the supporting cast of actors in the psalm who seem to be reinforcing the psalmist's own perception that God is distant. Verse 3, you see it up there, plays this broken record where, where they where is your God? Where is your God? Where is your God? Hence at a situation where life is full of troubles... And those around you, your non-Christian friends, your neighbors are, are saying, how come? If God's really there, then why are things going so badly for you? Does God really care for you? Is he really there? Because if God were real, he'd be helping you, wouldn't he? You find yourself surrounded by Job's friends. When you have friends like Job had, then you don't really need enemies. But then God at a distance is probably physical distance as well. We see that in verse 4. In verse 4, we see the idea that, that it's been a long time since the psalmist has been in worship. 
when he says, uh, when can I go and, and meet with God, in verse 2, he's, he's talking about coming into God's presence at the temple on the festival days, on the Sabbath. But, but it's clear that those days are a long time ago. They're a long time ago. The psalmist, it's like he's surviving on just the memory of worship. Could have been physical roadblocks like there can be for some of us sometimes in coming to worship. Perhaps, perhaps the psalmist here is being hunted down or having to live in exile. Perhaps from time to time you find yourself housebound or uh, unable to come into church. You're, you're homesick or you're fly in, fly out and your schedule for work just doesn't match. And so you, 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 you're listening to the service afterwards. Maybe you're listening to our service right now afterwards. And it's a wonderful blessing that we can do that, that we can record our services. Once upon a time, we didn't know we could do that. I suppose we had tape cassette players back in the day. Hand, hands up those who remember what cassettes are. Yeah, there's five of you here. Thank you. Put your hands down. You know, those things are a blessing. It's a blessing that we can do that, but it's not the same. Embodied worship is really different than, than listening to a little tiny voice coming out of your iPhone speaker. Listening to the songs, it just doesn't, it's not the same. It, it, it's a long way, it, it's a long way better than nothing, but it's far from the good that God intends for your soul. Perhaps the psalmist just can't summon the energy, the emotional energy to go to the temple. We don't know. Either way, he's in exile from worship and he, he feels it. Boy, does he feel it. For him, God is at a distance. And you know, in my experience, there aren't many Christians who are brave enough to be as honest as the sons of Korah are here in their psalm. To admit this sort of weakness, to admit feeling at a distance from God. Well, I, I hope and pray that's the sort of openness that you're able to foster and encourage amongst the church family rather than suffering in silence. That, that, that you'll be willing to have the openness and the honesty to be able to say how things really are between you and, and, and God. To be accepting of the reality that this is just sometimes how our relationship with God might be. That, that you might not be the sort of person who just rushes in when you hear somebody say some thoughts that sound a little bit like God is a long way away and, and you've got a quick word, a little cliche. Oh, he's always with us. He never forsakes us. And, and those things are true, but they're not helpful in the moment right now. I just think it'd be good if we could have an honest acceptance amongst us as God's people that, that this experience is normal. We never desire God to be at a distance. Why would you, why would you desire that? But sometimes he is. Why? Why is God distant? That's a great question to ask, a, a helpful question. And so it's the second aspect we want to look at in these Psalms this morning. Why is God distant? What's, what's the cause? Why do I feel this way sometimes? What's brought it on? And the answer is, well, it could be many things. Some of those things the psalmist mentions, some of them things he, he doesn't. I want you to imagine going to your GP this morning. You wouldn't be going to your GP this morning because it's Sunday, but uh, probably they're playing golf. Um, 
I want you to imagine going to your GP, you've got some troubling circumstances, some symptoms, and you say to your GP, so what is it? What have I got? And your GP's honest. She doesn't have a clue. She doesn't know. It's too early to tell. And so what does she do? She, she orders some, some tests, maybe some, maybe some blood tests. And, and we begin with the blood tests. And if nothing shows up in the blood, then you might have a scan or you might have a biopsy or, or something else. We keep going until we work out what the problem is. And you know, it's like that with spiritual diagnosis as well. There are lots of possible reasons why you might be feeling at a distance from God, either right now or in the past. I don't know why you're feeling the way that you are, or why you might feel that way next month or next year or whenever it might be, but but when that happens, here are some possible diagnoses that you can run through in your mind and think over. Why is God distant? It could be, verse 4, the absence of the multitude, the the festive throng, uh, the festive throng there at the end of verse 4. It could be that, that, that God feels distant to you because that sense of community that you get to enjoy when you're with God's people, with, with us and worship, is, is missing. That sense of community is missing. That could be because... You, you're the one who's actually chosen to withdraw yourself from the church family at a time. You've, you've put yourself into exile. And you don't need time alone. You need time in community, time with others, time with other people who care about you. Why is God distant? It, it could be because, could be that sense of community is missing because you're a loner. And you could be a loner because you've decided that you're not going to mix and mingle in the lives of your brothers and sisters, your church family. And so when you see the invitation for guess who's coming to lunch, you're thinking to yourself, boy, that's the last thing I would ever sign up for. And I'm encouraging you this morning, just put your name down. You could be a loner at church for for a bunch of reasons. It could be that. It It could be that your friends at church have moved on and... You haven't found new friends. You haven't sought new friends. Either way, for whatever reason, you're distant from other people. And and that distance from others, distance from God's people, often leads to feelings of distance from God himself. It doesn't have to, but but it can. Why is God distant? Perhaps the sense of distance from God arises out of trials and tribulations. You're doing it tough and pain has entered your life. Grief has overwhelmed you and and it hurts. Oh, how much it hurts. And and verse 7 is expressing that that sense of, of being overwhelmed with what life has bowled in your direction. Deep calls to deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and your breakers have have swept over me. Part of that experience might or might not also include being picked on by other people, as we see in verse 9. Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all the day long, where is your God? Or into Psalm 43 and verse 1, vindicate me, God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. 
So here you are, struggling physically, beset by difficulties, harassed by others, and and so God feels distant. And God feels distant in a moment like that because you anticipated that things would be different when you decided to follow him. You're You're not entirely sure why you had that expectation when Jesus promised you up front, he said, come after me and follow me, take up my cross daily. That's what Jesus promised you, taking up your cross. But somehow all the same, you just didn't really imagine that Jesus was being fair dinkum when he said that, that you somehow thought that other people would have to carry a cross, but not you. Why is God distant? Sometimes God feels at a distance because we're shaking our fist at him. We're in willful rebellion. We're pursuing sin that we know that we oughtn't be or shouldn't be doing. And and in that sort of scenario, it's really natural. It's the most natural thing in the world for you to feel distance between you and God. Because what, what are we doing? We're putting up barriers in our relationship. We actually don't want God to be close to us in times like that. We don't want God to be close to us because if God were close to us, he would see what I am up to in my life. Well, at the same time, we complain to God that our relationship with him feels really dry and barren. I mean, which is it? What do you want? Maybe flirting with sin has consequences that you're not enjoying right now, and that's just the way it is. Why is God distant? You know, it could be none of those reasons. It could be this morning that God feels distant just because He is. Just because. You know what it's like when you're a kid and you ask mum and dad a question and they say, just because, because I said so. That's the most infuriating answer when you're a kid, isn't it? And all of you parents have given that answer, I know you have. But sometimes it's true. Here's how someone put it. Sometimes God simply lets you have a dry time. And almost nobody talks about this. The old guys did. The old soul doctors talked about it. They called it spiritual desertion. A time God never takes his arms out from underneath you. But there are times when he doesn't let you feel his arms underneath you. Why might God do that? Could it be to wants us to depend on him all the more. Perhaps, perhaps he wants us to realize how much we need his presence, to learn to long for God in even greater measure. Look, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that might be for you. Those are just some of the reasons. But you know, there's actually a more important question for us to ask today, because if we just stopped here and We've described this feeling that many of us have experienced of God being at a distance. 
We've gone on to reflect on one of some of the reasons why sometimes might God, God might feel at a distance. And, and even if you have answers to both of those questions, they don't answer the most pressing question that you have. And that question is, of course, when I'm feeling like this, what should I do? How can I get things back to the way they once were? How can I draw near to a distant God? And there are five things the psalmist does. Firstly, he remembers. He reaches back, verse 4, he reaches back into his memory bank to the times in the past when things were different. He remembers back to those mountain peak experiences of worship and joy and, and thanksgiving. Did you notice that nowhere in the psalm does he doubt God's existence? That isn't the problem that he's dealing with today. And so part of it for him, part of the answer, part of drawing near to God himself is to remind himself what he's actually experienced in the past. It's like he's telling himself, you know, things are bad now, but they have been good before. Things can be good again. God doesn't only ever feel distant. I have felt close to God. He's felt close to me. So there's hope because what once was can still be once more. He reaches back into the past. He remembers that things haven't always been the way they feel right now. Things can be better. Secondly, in verse 8, he reminds himself of God's love. He says, by day the Lord directs his love. At, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Without a sense of love, God would feel distant. A distant God like Allah. Distant and impersonal. But, but our God loves. And those who love long to draw near to one another in love. And you'll be thinking to yourself, yes, this season of my life, that this, this love, it's a little bit more like, like a long-distance relationship. Lovers separated by distance. And God's love can sustain me at a time like this when, when I feel at a distance. But because I'm not going to naturally feel God's love, I better remind myself of God's love all the more. Like, like those of you who are married might do. Maybe time, circumstances, work sees you apart from one another for a time. Maybe you're interstate for work or, or overseas for something or other. What do you do on occasion like that? Often you, you have a photo. You have a photo of your spouse with you. It's on your phone. You have a little a physical photo. You have a photo to remind yourself of that other person, to remind yourself of, of their love. They're at a distance, but, but they love me. Third thing the psalmist does is, is he calls, it's like he calls for a search party. In, verse, in Psalm 43 and verse 3, he says, Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. This picture is, of, is one, I think, of God's word leading and guiding him into God's presence. And we know that, but, but it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, actually. And, and so I want us to stop and recognize that for a moment. Because when we feel that God is distant from us, 
very natural human response is to turn away from God's word. That's what we do. And so we turn away from the spiritual disciplines, what we in the Reformed tradition call the means of grace. We turn away from reading God's word, we turn away from meditation and prayer and worship, we turn away from all those things and we magically expect that things between us and God are going to get better. It's crazy. It's a little bit like going to your GP and getting prescribed something for uh, some condition. Maybe you've got blocked arteries and you go to your, your GP and uh, she prescribes you some medication and you're like, yeah, look, nah. I think, no, nah, things will just get right by themselves. Or you invent your own medication because, after all, what does a doctor know? They've only been to medical school for, what, seven years plus another couple of years of practice. What would a doctor know? So you think, I wonder if blocked arteries would be cured by, by a fresh diet. I'm going to try fried chicken and pizza. It's crazy. It's crazy. We are crazy. We turn away from the remedies that God has given us. So I put it to you this morning, in those times when God feels distant from us, the means of grace are actually the things that we want, that we need the most. We might want them the least, but we need them the most. Fourthly, and coming out of the refrain of these two Psalms, this, this repeating chorus, how can I draw near to a distant God? We see it there in 42.5, 42.11, 43.5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? What the psalmist does here is he talks to himself. And you know what talking to yourself means, don't you? First sign of madness but here it's actually a really positive step out of the darkness, out of the depths. The psalmist asks himself questions. He says, so soul, why is it that you're feeling so bad? What's troubling you? What's bothering you? What's on your mind? And when he does that, I want you to notice what he's doing. In effect, he's saying that the way that we feel at any given moment in time, maybe right now, the way that we feel doesn't have to have the final say in our lives. We've been given permission here to question ourselves and question the way that we're feeling, to ask ourselves whether what we're feeling is actually true. Does what we feel, I mean, we feel it, but, but does what we feel make sense? See, we can have this sort of back and forth conversation with our soul. We don't just have to accept whatever our feelings might be at a given moment. The Bible commends back chat. Any teenagers here? The Bible commends back chat of the right sort. You can back chat your soul. You don't have to just accept the way that you're feeling and the, and the thoughts that are going on through your mind. You can, you can back chat your soul and, and have a conversation with yourself. And, and then... He goes beyond just asking himself questions. He goes on to tell himself answers. He, he speaks to his soul. He preaches to his soul. What does he say next? He says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. 
He tells himself the answers. He preaches a sermon to himself. He tells his soul how his soul ought to be feeling. And then finally, fifthly, finally, the final reason I can draw near to a distant God is because the distant God is the one who draws near to me. Our Savior Jesus knows what we are going through. His heart goes out to you, for he knows what it's like to feel at a distance from God. Jesus, who as he hung there upon the cross on that Good Friday, cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you cast me off? Why is there so much distance between us? Friends, Jesus was forsaken so that we might forever be accepted by God. That though our relationship with God might go up and down at times, it will ultimately win through because the love of Jesus pursues us. It pursues us all the days of our life until we reach his presence and glory. So friends, hunger for God. Pant for God, long for God as the deer pants for streams of flowing water. Seek Jesus, especially when he feels at a distance. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the raw honesty of the psalmist here today. Because even if we don't have the courage to talk about this with other people all the time, this is how life is like, this is what faith is like sometimes. And we thank you that we can approach this sort of honesty as we look at the honesty of the psalmist. We want to pray for those this morning who are here, those of us who've, who feel at a distance from you right now, perhaps those around us we wouldn't know. We've sung songs, joyful praise songs with a smile on our face, but the smile is just something we've put there because we want others to, to think that we've got it all together. Oh God, we pray for those of us in the depths pray that we might draw near to you through Jesus who drew near to us. If it's sin that's keeping us from you, God, give us a fresh desire to turn away from our sin and seek newness of life in Christ. If it's that we're going through trials and various temptations and suffering, oh God, thank you that you have given us an imperishable hope kept in the heavens for us as you shield us by faith. And would you give us that living hope, help us to hold on to that living hope and to correct our feelings and remind ourselves of what we know is true. And if, Father, we're feeling just on top of the world this morning and some of us are, life is going so well, we are so close to you, then, then praise the Lord, we are so thankful for that. 
you know, we know that won't always be the case. And so we pray that in those moments of just great joy and abundance, you would help us to store up treasure in our hearts, uh, spiritual food for the dry times, the difficult times ahead. And we might be well prepared for the challenges that still await us on our journey. Hear us, we pray. Help us to draw near to you in Jesus' name.